Happy New Year to all my listeners. Today, I have a guest with me. He's going to talk about some of his biking experiences. So hang on and listen in. Okay, here with me today is my first guest speaker on my channel. And his name is Roy. So, hello, Roy. Hello, uh, Steve. Thank you for uh, inviting me along today. And um, looking forward to having a discussion with you about my biking career. It's uh, certainly an eclectic one. So, uh, hopefully, it'll be a bit interesting for your listeners. Yeah, thanks, Roy. So, when did you first start riding a motorbike then? Well, um, whilst I'm a little bit embarrassed sometimes to go back to you know how long my career has been with with, with motorcycles, um, I did start back it back when I was 16, which was probably uh, well over 40 years now. So that gives your listeners a clue to yeah. you know the sort of person they're listening to. So I'm I'm heading towards retirement now. But yeah, starting back in when I was 16, I started off with um, um, mopeds. Uh, got a moped and the main reason I, I used the, 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 the motorcycles or mopeds and two two wheel powered sort of approach was because it was cheap and I needed it to get to work so it's very much I got into motorcycling as a necessity yeah. for work first first sort of moped that I got was a was a, I can't even remember what exact model it was but way back in the 80s beginning of the 80s um, and it was a, a little 50cc uh, Kawasaki and um, and I remember it was absolutely clapped out cost about 20 quid at the time which was a lot of money mm-hmm. I hasten to add as my first car cost 25 pound um, and um, I remember having to do re- re- redo the head on it sort of <laughs> every couple of weeks but it was such a quick job you could whiz it off and whiz it back on again um, a, a little two stroke thing that, that, that clattered along but I did love it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. Just a, a total commuter bike, really, and a bit of weekend fun. No, that's cool. It's uh, I bet you wish you still had that bike now. I bet it would be worth a fortune, wouldn't it? I bet. I bet it would. I, I, still I, you know, it'd be a classic I, now. I see things. I mean, the, the the next one I had, I actually bought a brand new because um, I got I got a new job and I needed a bit more reliable transport, and I bought a brand new C50 LAC which is right. one of those step-through Hondas, which uh, I know, um, you know, probably wasn't very cool, but what, what a bike that was, you know, and I know they've become iconic now, and there's thousands of pounds if you can yeah. get hold of an original one, but I um, absolutely love that, a little twist and go thing, yeah. um, and uh, funnily enough, it used to just blow off all the other 50cc mopeds with the kids on their, their sports bikes, and I'd be going along like an old granddad or granny, granny, um, uh, going along, but uh, I did have a, a bad accident on that bike, which I can uh, I can tell you about later. Yeah, yeah. So back then, I bet it was different on the roads, wasn't it? Riding a bike or yeah, less abs- cars and stuff on the uh, roads, was there? Absolutely. I mean, when I look back now, um, when I got my first moped, um, I turned up at uh, this guy's house having never ever sat on, used any kind of powered um, vehicle. 
uh, I'd not even had a cycle as a kid, you know, that's, that's so that my, my experience was zilch. And I was able to hand over the 20 quid, put an old battered crash helmet on that somebody had given me. Yeah. Um, no motorcycle gear, uh, and jumped on this thing and was, was tearing off up the, the road without any idea about gears, not any yeah. idea of, you know, Jeez, not yeah. proper braking. But <clears throat> somehow, you know, after bouncing off a few curbs and nearly pulling out in front of a few cars here and there, getting, you know, beeped and, and shouted at, um, I soon caught up and, uh, you know, within, as kids do, within a couple of hours, I'd, I'd sort of mastered it, mm-hmm. even though looking back, I probably was really dangerous. So, yeah, before the days of where you had to do uh, CBT. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was, you know, it was a great, it was a great time in that respect that you could just jump on things. But I think nowadays, it would be, you know, we'd be seeing people getting killed regularly on the roads because the roads are a lot busier. I think you got away with things uh, yeah. a lot, a lot more those days uh, than you would now. So biking was really a cheap, cheap way to get around, wasn't it? Really, it, it, it absolutely was. I mean, I think the insurance was about a tenner. I mean, it was it was nothing. It might have been eight pound my first insurance. Is that old money or old money? Well, not old money. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was uh, decimalised. It was you know we'd had decimalisation then. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So but it, it just gives you an idea. I mean I know the kids now, they they pay hundreds and hundreds of pounds, don't they, for insuring yeah. a, a little moped or sometimes or more than what the bike costs, like isn't it, to insure yeah. it? Yeah. I, I I then migrated on. You know I sort of grew up a bit. I was just on the cusp of at seventeen being able to have a two fifty cc. Um, oh, that's in the big league now. Um, I, I was, I was on the cusp, but I couldn't. I didn't. I, what What happened was I didn't actually. It was. The, it was. I can't remember exactly what year. You know, your listeners can Google it, but if they had, had, had a mind to. But it, we, we, there was a time when at seventeen you could ride a two fifty cc, and then that was reduced to one two five, and I, I missed it literally by about six months right. so I was absolutely gutted because I, I had a bike lined up um, and uh, but anyway I, I went I got a, a Kawasaki it was a 100 sport but it was a beautiful beautiful bike in blue lots of chrome it was absolutely lovely and I, and I, yeah. I had that for about a year um, but again it was it was mainly for, for, for work now I'd, I'd obviously, I mean I'll tell you now, all the best drivers yeah. passed their time on their driving tests. <laughs> well, so, you know. so I, 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 I took a driving test when on my 17th birthday thinking I'd be alright for it, failed. Um, then I took another one about six months later, uh, failed and then I lost interest for a couple of months but then I passed my, my um, driving test when I was just about 18 and a half mm-hmm. and and that then brought to an end that that period of using you know two wheels two wheels yeah um, and I and I went into to car cars you know I was absolutely mad on cars and there's yeah. another story because I'm a bit of a petrol head but uh, we're not here to talk about cars today yeah. um, so I had a bit of a break from my motorcycling and, uh, and and that was probably for about nine years. All right, that's quite a big. So it was quite a, it was quite a big break, and then I, I suddenly decided when I was about 26, 27, I wanted to 
um, get back into biking. I'd, I'd made a few friends, I, I had a yeah. good job, I had some disposable income, um, and always been interested in bikes. Uh, and, and then, so I thought, right, I'm gonna go back to um, biking. I applied, I applied for, um, um, uh, you know, to go through for a driving uh, test and um, or riding test. And then what what happened was, I I in the process of doing that, uh, I I bought uh, my first sort of what I would say was a big bike, but I bought it before I passed my test. Mm-hmm. And this is this will be uh, you know some of you listeners that are our age will probably remember these things. I bought what was called a sidewinder. All right. And it was like a third wheel, like a baby wheel that you put on the side of the bike and you bolted it on. But it made the bike legal to drive on a car license. Right. Okay. So I never I, heard of that before. I but... practiced. I practiced. <clears throat> yeah. On uh, on the bike that I got, which was a uh, what 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 was you know affectionately known as a, a Honda Wet Dream, it was the 250N Super Dream, and, and I've got to say, um, they they are really sought after now, quite iconic. But what a bike, you know, even though it was only 250, it was a big bike, it felt big. Yeah. They did a 400 version as well, um, absolutely beautiful. Um, so where did that wheel attach then on the back? The wheel, if you'd imagine, um, it, it, if you imagine a sidecar, yeah, it was like a sidecar, but all it was was a little flat platform with a tiny little wheel, like a little right. small trailer. So it was constant contact with the road. The, the wheel stayed in contact, but the, the, it's difficult to describe this. But there was like a, a pivot on the on the sidewinder, right. so you could actually ride the bike like a motorbike. So you could lean, right. so you lean into, into it. it. Right. And that would 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 pivot on on the pivot on the uh, on the attachment to the bike, because I remembered going to uh, when I MOT'd it, I took it for an MOT, and the MOT inspector dropped it because he thought it was a sidecar, okay. uh, and he dropped my bike, which was all a bit embarrassing. And, and fortunately, I think he passed it because um, because of that. But the, um, the sidewinder was a was an interesting bit of kit, yeah, um, and it and it saved me having to pay for lessons and things and I was out on that for, for a couple of months um, and then I took my uh, motorcycle test which I passed. Yeah. I bet you got some stairs didn't you with that bike, that wheel on it. Yeah, well people were... A few were, fingers pointing at you and yeah, yeah. people wondering what you were doing. Yeah. Great bike, really smooth, wasn't particularly fast, wasn't, you know. But what, what was interesting is I remember passing my test and um, which, I, which I took on a hired 125. Um, and it was not quite the old-fashioned test where you used to just drive around a square and some people jump out in front of you. They still did that. So, but it was the, one of the first, it, I'd, I'd, you know, they just started bringing in the company tests. Mm. So the examiner would ride behind you with, with your, that's similar to what you do now. Yeah. But even so, not anything like what we do now. Um, no, no. Um, and it, it, it basically, the, uh, the, the bike, um, um, let me my thoughts. So the, 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 uh, the, the, I hired a bike to do it. So anyway, I passed and the examiner said, 
what 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 have you got at home? What are you going to go back to? Yeah. And I'd actually bought two days before my first <laughs> Goldwing. All right. And I told him I'm going home to the GL 1100, and he nearly fell over. You know, because in those days, you you know, you test you like I say, the test was a bit of a joke. They drove round after you for 15 minutes, and then they tell you to drive around this block, and they get off and stand out in front of you with a with a card. So it's nothing like the the guys have had to go through recently. Um, And um, and you'd stop, do your emergency stop. So anyway, he, he he passed me. Then um, I told him, and he was like, oh, you know, I could see on his face he was a bit shocked that I was going to go and jump straight on a, on a GL 1100. That's a big that's, step up, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's what I did. But um, so when and I was, I actually went, um, you know, within within about three months, I was in Portugal on that GL right, 1100. I was going <laughs> to ask you that. How soon after passing your test did you get into the? Uh, Touring the more so, social yes. side of so, biking. So probably, you know, it was probably early nineties, um, and uh, or late. No, but it would have been very late eighties actually. Um, and I, uh, I based, I, 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 that's when I passed my test, and that's when I got hold of this big touring motorbike, you know, mm-hmm. the, the iconic Goldwing, and. Um, and, and we the first my first trip was three months after I passed my drive my riding test, and we shot off down to Portugal. Yeah. And what 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 an adventure that was, you yeah. know. And uh, yeah. uh, it was a lot different than it is now. Even though we're not, it seems at the time everything set very seemed very modern. But um, but uh, you know, in Spain um, and, and traveling across Europe, it was. It was, it was the norm, but it was still something quite special. You know, yeah. not many people had got into it. Um, it was very much the domain for people that were quite well off and, and things mm. like that. So yeah, we jumped on. We went, we went across, went to St Malo, down the uh, um, west coast of France, uh, across the Pyrenees. We did the Somport Tunnel, which was just absolutely incredible. The first time I, I did that. And, and I'll, you know, probably later on we'll talk about many other times I've gone yeah. through the St. Paul Tunnel. But yeah, went, so we went under the Pyrenees basically. But, um, and then and then down um, straight across central Spain, uh, ending up in Portugal. Right. Uh, it was absolutely, uh, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, some challenges along the way, um, but, uh, you know, to be honest, the, the, the bikes were built for it. Yeah, you know, as they, well as design. They were yeah. long-legged, relatively easy riding. Now I used to have a lot of fun on the bikes because people used to say, "I oh, will start driving a car," and I used to say, "Well, come and jump on the back, and I'll show you." And I'd go out and I'd be like leaning it over. Um, so you could you could throw them around. So I was uh, I was a bit of um, probably I wouldn't say I was a confident rider. I had a little bit more confidence in myself. Mm. Uh, well, when you're younger as well, yeah, you do yeah. have that confidence, your, don't you? Your, your risk is and your risk sort of fear yeah. isn't there. So yeah, so that's that was my first um, cool. tour, and actually that that sort of you know really switched me on to to, to doing motorcycle touring. Yeah, and, um, whetted the appetite into that world. And for my first big tour with motorbike, uh, first of many. Yeah, no, that's cool because I, I remember as a kid myself, we used to go to France with, the, with my dad and my brother in the car with a trailer on with a tent in the back of it and. Back then, it was in the 80s and stuff, and it was very much a camaraderie, wasn't it? When it was another, another British 
car or another British bike, you'd always give each other a bit of a wave and a toot, you know. So I suppose on top of uh, the adventure of just riding in a different country, it was also the camaraderie of other, other riders, other, you know, people that you'd meet along the way. So it was quite, quite a, an interesting time, really, isn't it? But um, no, that's cool. Um, but yeah, so that's a bit of a, an insight into Roy. He's um, currently, have you got a bike currently? Um, I, I haven't got a bike currently, which is, um, you know, over the last decade or so, that's quite unusual for me. Um, I've just sold a CBF 1000, um, yeah, which, which I, I basically had a ST1300 Honda for about six years. Uh, but, you know, I was finding moving it around my garage, getting it up on the sensor stand, mm. even getting it off the, the, the side peg and if you're on a, a negative camber for instance, it was becoming to be a bit too heavy. You yeah, know, the bike, you're a big bike, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, curbside weight, you know, was about three hundred and ten kilos, which was a lot. Yeah. Um but and I picked up the CBF about a year ago and um which, which it was you know, we go into like details on bikes and things and what I thought about them. Absolutely fantastic bike. I'd highly recommend it to anybody. Um, but it, after having the sort of bikes that I've had over the last, you know, 20 years, it, it felt a little bit too small for me. Yeah. So uh, I should have, I did do some research and my, what I, what I was going to do was move into a, um, and actually join the ranks of yourselves, you know, oh, you're yes, that, yes. That, that elite group of uh, motorcyclists that are the BMW riders. Yeah. Um, and I was going to get an RT 1200, um, I, you know, they're, they're about 230 kilos curbside weight, so 70 odd kilos. Mm. Um, is a massive it's yeah. a big is a big amount of, it makes it a big difference big on how the bike feels and everything um, and how to move it around so and I should have stuck with that but I'd always fancied a CBF and the CBF came up mm. um, it was a GT one so it, it you know sort of bike that I like and um, and I don't regret having it it's been an absolutely you know brilliant 12 months but it, it's I wanted to go back to a more true touring bike yeah. and the RT is is for me all the research that I've done um, is probably the best all round bike yeah. and it means I can yeah. stay riding on a big bike but it's a mid-weight cruiser even though it yeah. looks bigger yeah. it's not a heavy weight like no, some the, other bikes I've had if any of you have listened to my uh, previous episodes and the bikes I've had I've had three RTs so I'll definitely go with that it's a brilliant all-round mid mid-sized tourer um yeah very capable bike very agile and um, i think you're looking at a few now aren't you over the internet yeah. and stuff and uh, the search is on and uh, sense a little bit of a sense of urgency as well yes, it's, because it's, the prices will be going up a few percent won't they as yeah. we hit the spring so I'm still looking for that winter bargain. So if any if any of your listeners have got one, they, they're looking to sell. I'm, I'm looking at around the six seven thousand pound mark. Um, you know, but yeah, uh, should get you a good one for that. There. Get a little aggro in That's there. it. So if anyone wants to uh, make a comment that you've got one for sale and you're in the UK, because I know a lot of my listeners now, I'm getting more and more listeners abroad, which I really appreciate. 
Um, but if you're in the UK and you've got an RT1200 for sale, then by all means, drop us a line and it might be Roy's new bike. But yeah, so thank you, Roy, for coming on. I know uh, we've waffled a little bit about this, that and the other, but it's just a, our first attempt of having a guest on my channel. So I do appreciate you giving me the time and uh, coming on. And uh, next time we talk, we'll maybe go through uh, all the bikes you've had and which one's your favourite if you could have your time again I think uh, that three wheel bike sounds really interesting to me <laughs> I can only picture in my head what it would look like and uh, would I have the confidence to ride a bike like that yeah, I don't know it, if it, I would it, it, I think it used to be a nightmare because the, yeah. the sidewinder was on the left so if ever you had to learn to put your right foot down yeah. for whenever you stopped because if you weren't careful you'd catch your foot in the in the, the bars and stuff. Um, so uh, but yeah, yeah it, it's um, it was it, 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 I'm not even sure they'd be legal now but at no. the time it was a legal no. loophole bit of a loophole yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a legal loophole cool. right well thanks again Roy thanks for coming in and hopefully you guys found that interesting as much as I did I've learned a few things there about Roy and one, a couple of the bikes he's had so thank you for listening if you've got all the way to the end Thank you very much, and we'll catch you in the next one. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Roy.